talking all things training, sport performance, and business, and covering the most important topics to enhance your training and better your career. I'm your host, Jared Filippo, and this is Muscles and Management brought to you by Challenger Strength, where we build your body and your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of the Muscles and Management podcast. Thank you for uh, joining uh, for another episode. As I mentioned earlier this week on Twitter, we are here this week to talk the life of independent baseball, aiming to get signed, uh, hitting data, analytics, and training with TJ Ward. Before we get started, I just wanted to go over a couple things uh, as usual. Um, please, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, subscribe, review, uh, and share. It really helps uh, you know get this out to as many people as possible. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. Um, as I always say, ask questions, DM me on Twitter, Instagram, comment on uh, my podcast tweets, um, whichever, and, and ask as many questions as possible. I try to answer them in general anyway, you know, one-on-one uh, to, to my inbox and everything like that, but uh, if something is substantial and it's something I think I could turn into an entire episode, I will definitely do that. So if there's any topics you'd like to be uh, discussed or any single questions you have, please do not hesitate to send them my way. I uh, want to give a, a little shout out to a, I guess you could call it viral at this point, tweet that I had um, this week, two days ago, yeah, maybe yeah, two nights ago. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've seen it because most of you are coming from my Twitter. Um, you know, the, the kid leaves to go to his night class and then the lead gets trimmed down. He drives right back and closes out the game. Didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did, but it kind of took off. Uh, ended up getting back to the uh, the guys that play over. I'm going to say where it's from now because it's out there. Um, at Ramapo in New Jersey. Um, I, just just to clarify, I was intentionally leaving them out. Um, I, I told the guy who told me who's, who's going to be on this episode uh, that I would not talk say where it was from or, or that he told me. Um, you know, just in case, you know, depending on how it was received, but it actually got a lot of positive attention and people really seemed to enjoy it. So, uh, shout out to the guys over at Rampo. They've been a great program for a lot of years. Um, you know, I know they're doing you know, some good things this year. They have a nice young coaching staff. Uh, it's exciting. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, cool to hear what TJ's doing over there while he's, uh, you know, still training, getting ready to go out to play independent ball himself. So, uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, you're going to definitely, going to try to come out to a game soon. Uh, you know, keep working hard boys. Um, also want to take another shout out and say thank you uh, for 4,000 followers this past week. Uh, means a lot to me. Really appreciate it. Uh, kind of crazy. I can't believe it because I remember like six months ago I had like a thousand. I thought that was a big deal. So uh, that's pretty cool. So thank you for the support. Thank you to all of the uh, you know accounts and coaches that share my stuff. Um, you know, special shout out to a guy like Pitching Ninja. He's uh, he's obviously huge and he shared a lot of uh, my stuff that I post. He's been on the podcast before. So thank you uh, to guys like that who, uh, you know, really have helped me get a little bit of a following and, and uh, get my stuff out there to more people. With that being said, uh, without further ado, today's guest, TJ. TJ, welcome on. Thanks for having me. So a uh, little, you know, background on some things before we get started. Uh, TJ, we are, we are at the gym right now recording. As you guys know, I record at the gym, which is why you hear some you know, hockey pucks shooting off windows and, uh, and stuff like that sometimes. So... We are actually recording, and then we're going to train. So, a little insight on that. We will be talking about uh, TJ's training and what we've been doing uh, for the last, what now, TJ? Like three or four months we've been going at it? Yeah, um, You know, so we'll get into that a little later. So, before we do that, I do want to talk a little bit about TJ's background. 
TJ was a what teach three year starter at uh, University of Hartford. Yep. Um, third base most of your career. Third base most of my career. First base transitioned over there senior year. Yeah. So he he had a very successful career. Um, I'm not gonna like read read numbers off to you, but. Uh, over 300 hitter. They won uh, the conference championship his senior year, which is very awesome. I actually watched that uh, live on the computer with uh, TJ's old high school teammate, Matt McDermott. We watched that together. As you guys know, Matt's an uh, athlete of mine uh, who's playing at William & Mary, so I actually got to watch that live. Um, you know, so really, really cool stuff there. Um, so I guess the first thing that I want to kind of get into, like we obviously just said where you, you know, went to school and all that kind of stuff, but uh, give us maybe some insight on, you know, the recruiting process for you, you know, your high school career and, uh, you know, how you made it to Hartford. Uh, well, it's always been a dream to play Division One uh, ever since I was a little kid. And my, my uncle was a coach at NJIT when they transitioned into uh, Division One, But, uh, yeah, I pretty much starting sophomore year of high school, I remember receiving some interest. And Junior, beginning of junior year was my first visit to uh, Radford University, and then from there, it was just trying to figure out which school, which program was best for me. And I remember my parents went on every visit with me, uh, went wherever we could, and made time for every coach that showed me interest out of respect to them. Yeah, um, that's one thing I would say. Looking back, that was huge for me. Uh, I contacted back every coach out of respect, uh, whether I was interested or not. You don't see that a lot today. It's no, a lot of kids just kind of like blow schools off if it's not a big time school that they're looking to hear from they just kind of like dismiss you know it's important yeah I had teammates like that that not that they were big leaguing schools but they thought they were better than you know say a Mac school or an NEC school and they ended up not getting the office they wanted and yeah. those schools didn't have any money for them so then they were left with nothing yeah so yeah I contacted every school which in the end turned out to help me because I originally committed to Temple University and halfway through my senior year, they dropped their baseball program. But Hartford, in the su- in the summer, contacted me. I would always contact uh, my head and coach there, Coach Malinowski, back. They tried to get me up there for a visit, never made it up there, and they saw I committed to Temple. However, I guess my summer coach for the program I played for contacted all the coaches after the Temple incident. And I was lucky enough, Hartford had some money for me. They reached back out to me, gave me another chance, and that's how I ended up there. Like, yeah. So I remember the Temple thing. Um, so just for some clarification, uh, you graduated 2014? 2014. Yeah, so TJ and I are only two years apart. Uh, I graduated in 2012, but I actually remember, uh, I want to say, so that might I might have been a freshman. Yeah, I was a freshman in college. Um, and for those who don't know, Temple had a pretty serious, you know, legit program. Yeah. So, you know, that program folding was, was a pretty big deal, um, especially in, like, the tri-state area. Um, you know, it, it was talked about a lot, and, and that was kind of a crazy thing that kind of came out of nowhere. I, I don't think it was really... It was unexpected. They just hired a new coach. It's not like the program won two or three games over, like, a course of a few years. They were a good program. A solid program, yeah. They're making, they are making. They had a decent year in the new American Athletic Conference, too, which was a big transition for them. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, that's that was a crazy thing. So how did that... Uh, throw you in terms of your process like I know you just said you know Harford ended up reaching back out and all that but uh what was that like like I'm sure you must have been like you know you had this dream you're committed you know you're good to go you're excited and then you get you get like an email or a call halfway through you know your senior year of high school and it's like all right well the program you're committed to just folded yeah my, like, what do you do uh at first I was devastated you know I remember getting a text from my uh my summer ball team maybe went to Pompton Lakes High School saying yo like where are you going to college now I'm like I'm going to Temple they just cut the program. I said, oh, like, stop messing with me. And he sent me the tweet from Sports Center, of all accounts, and there's a Temple Cuts baseball program. So 
I so you found out. You didn't I, find out from the coach. You I, found out from a friend. I found out from Twitter. a sports center. From a, from a t- <laughs> yeah, from a tweet. And yeah, the coach ended up getting reaching out to me and the other commits that night. And then yeah, I was pretty much either left to wait as long as I could for the Temple to get the baseball program back, which I ended up doing. Or you waited. You're saying I waited as long as I could to see if they could get it back. Or, and then I, I still took visits. And then I took two visits to Hartford and then ended up liking it there. Uh, was there what was the reasoning? Was just budget stuff? Like, uh, what was the... They said it was Title IX compliance. They've been out of it for years, but the real reason would be to allocate money for their basketball uh, and football programs. Yeah. For, yeah, the money sports. Yeah. I, I can't really imagine Which I don't know how much money they'd be spending on. Like, we all know, like, everyone who's listening should know this. Like, in terms of all the other sports, I would say baseball, in terms of costs, like, are you really going to. I guess, you know, road trips, stuff like that. Division one sports, no matter what sport it is, is pretty costly in terms of travel and, and scholarships. Yeah. And, and their and football the- program has been successful, but they play at Lincoln Financial Field where the Eagles plays. They have to rent that out. Yeah. So I don't know how much money you're making back on that deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's you're, you're breaking even at best with ticket sales and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's terrible. Um, okay, so you're waiting for them to, you know, see if they bring the program back. You know, it ends up not happening. You're going on visits to Hartford. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartford at the time had, uh, I believe he was in, now what, his first or second year of coaching? Uh, Justin Blood, the former uh, UConn pitching coach. And recruiting coordinator, yeah. Yeah. He, when he was recruiting me, it was about his third, fourth year in the program. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, straight from UConn, he, he recruit, recruited guys. Yeah, I want to say he went through two, I think it was either, yeah, I think he'd gone through two years of coaching at that point at the school. Yeah. So he was still getting his own guys in, you know. Um, he, he was lucky enough to get the guy Sean Newcomb there when he was there. He was now with the Braves. But, yeah, no, he was an unreal recruiter. He had a great staff when I was there. I loved the, his message. I loved what he was trying to do there, build a program a program up that literally he had six wins. Uh, I forget what year it was, but he took him from a six-win team. And then my sophomore year, we set the wins record at 37 wins, I believe, and almost got an at-large bid in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. Um, I- a little backstory on that as well. When I was in high school, I went out to a UConn um, camp, and I, I obviously spent. I, I was a, a pitcher and an outfielder when I was in high school, but I spent most of the camp with the pitchers. And he was the pitching coach at the time, and I just loved him. He was like a really, you know, he was a stern dude and he was serious, but like I, I thoroughly like as a 15 year old at the time, like he what didn't intimidate me too much. Like I, I really enjoyed spending the afternoon, like learning from him with all the other pitchers. And uh, when I left that camp, and obviously this was like years later, but I heard that he had had, you know, he got the job at that at Hartford. And the re- and how I heard about it was um, I had a cousin who's a year older than me, so let's say 2011 grad, so now I'm 2012, TJ's 2014. He was committed to Hartford, and the coaching staff got fired. So kind of like a little wrench in the system for him too, just like uh, not as big as the whole program getting dissolved, yeah. but – he gets a call that hey the coach just got fired. Um, you know I hear Justin Blood's coming in uh, from UConn from him, and I'm like, oh this guy's wonderful. Like you're gonna love him. Uh, you know I think he's gonna really turn the program around. He's got the you know the Connecticut UConn background. Um, you know it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. And he had ended up not going just because you know when you're recruiting the whole staff that brought you in gets axed, you know yeah. axed. It's probably not a good idea for you to go in there. They're not gonna want a lot of those kids. Um, which ended up happening. Like, I think a lot of those kids that were there before you they, didn't really last. No, no, not at all. Um, and you can't blame the coach for that because they want to bring guys in that fit their, their mold. And obviously, um, you know, if the program hadn't had much success before he got there, he's going to need to turn some things around. So. Yeah. 
Like um, I said, my sophomore year was the first year he had all of his guys, his yeah. recruits there, and that was the year. So, all right, so you get to campus, now you're at Hartford. Um, take us through, like, you, you arrive, you're there, freshman year. Um, you're going in as a shortstop, I want to say. You're a shortstop. Yeah, I went in as a shortstop. Uh, they transitioned me to third base because there was an opening there. We had a senior shortstop there at the time and another uh, incoming shortstop slash third baseman in my class. So I opened up the season at third base, actually. As a freshman? As a freshman. Okay. I opened up there. And then we got to two weeks into the season. We played University of Virginia, number one in the country at the time. And then mentally, after facing their ace, uh, I was shot the rest of the season. Pretty yeah. Much. Didn't have the best game. And then I was in and out of the lineup after that. And then the whole Which year. Which is still a great year for a freshman. Like, Oh, yeah. I got significant time. As a, fr- as a person who was a freshman and got two at-bats their freshman year, I could say like I would have killed to be in and out of the lineup. So that's awesome in itself that you were able to do that. Yeah. And then, yeah, pretty much just... A lot of failure that year. Uh, yeah, like, learn how to fail. Then I went to the Hamptons League in the summer. Okay, so again, now that's so that's two things as a freshman that you don't see a lot. Yeah. He gets in, he starts the season. He's he's a starter, and he's you know, you know, battling through adversity, but he's in and out of the lineup, which is awesome. And then he's going to play in the Hamptons that summer. So just for listeners who aren't aware of that, that's that's a big deal. Like that's not a common thing for a freshman to do. Uh, you know, in the in the college baseball world, that's tough. Yeah, and then. Failed there. I think I averaged a hit per week there. I mean, okay. I was miserable. I was at the probably the lowest point in the game. Yeah, that I yeah, yeah. And yeah, we get to sophomore year, started third again, and then had the best year of my life. The freshman year was for me was all about just handling adversity and like trusting in your abilities and just learning to have fun with the game because it's a game of failure. So yeah, just gotta take it, ride the highs and lows, and just stay as even keel as possible. Would you say uh, was there were there any upperclassmen that you kind of quote unquote latched onto as a freshman? that you learned from or tried to learn from, whether it was little things like approach, how they dealt with, you know, the highs and lows, oh, prepared, sure. all that kind of stuff? For sure. When I was a freshman, uh, senior Ryan Lukacs, he was a fifth-year guy from New Jersey, really helped me get through the year in terms of trying to stay loose. And uh, my lifting partner, I guess you could call him, we were always at the same rack, Trey Stover, he's our shortstop. Uh, he actually got drafted by the Royals that year, and he was just big for me in terms of, like, seeing the bigger picture, like, the whole four years – at college, like it's not just this year. It's yeah, it's, it's like about it's a process. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And now he's actually a coach at uh, Marist College, so okay. he, he did a real good job helping me get through everything. And then my sophomore year, we had guys, a big senior class that was loaded with talent that just took the pressure off me. Yeah, I had an all conference year that year, and I was in the, hitting in the seven, yeah, six, so, seven, eight hole. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they took all the pressure off me for sure. Yeah, uh, for any listeners, um, you know, high school players, co- even college players. You know, TJ, what he just went through was just—it's a big point to, to know. Uh, you know, advice, I guess, and I'm going to say this because obviously, you know, I'm sure that he would say the same after what he just said. Uh, find an upperclassman, kind of latch onto them and, and learn, like, just shadow them. It's like you know, if you're going for a visit, you would shadow somebody, like, see what they're doing, just just see what their thought process is. Um, you know, I didn't have the best career. I had some injuries and I had some un, you know unlucky uh, circumstances, but my freshman year at Babson. Uh, I was really, really lucky. Uh, one of the nicest guys ever, a senior. Uh, his name was Trevor Boyce. He was the Gold Glove center fielder in Division Three that year. Like one of the best defenders I've ever seen. The nicest guy, captain, nicest guy ever. Literally, like took me under his wing. And even if, even though I only had two at bats, I just I, I went in center field and took IO with him every day. Uh, you know, hit with him in the cage. My lifting partner. You really gave me a flashback when you said that. Yeah. Um, I, I had a guy, uh, another senior that I lifted with all winter. He, again, took me under his wing, watched out for me when we were, like, 
we're, we would go out at parties and stuff, just like whatever it was. Um, it's important. Like it really can make a you know have a big impact on your career. So um, you know if you're going to take one thing from this podcast early on, it'd be that. Uh, all right, so we're through your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where did you play that summer? A sophomore year, I went to go play in the Futures League in Wachusett. Had a decent year. Okay, but, again, yeah. very, another very good league. Uh, it's fairly new, but it, it's climbed up. It's like probably in the what, top three or four leagues right now. Yeah, it's pretty popular. It's prime location, too, being right near the Cape and the NECBL. Yeah, so. yeah NECBL. Yeah. yeah, so... And yeah, sophomore year was a huge success. And another guy who wasn't an upperclassman, but he was a year older than me, Dave McKinnon, who's now in the uh, Angel system. I guess you could say he was my personal, like, he ended up being my best friend in college, and he ended up being, like, hitting partner. Like, we just did everything together. Like, he, like, really helped me get through everything because he was so successful. Yeah. He saw I had talent, so he was just helping me. And it's interesting. You're kind of, you're that guy for Matt, I would think, right? I, 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 I try not to talk on here sometimes like everyone knows what I'm talking about but like I said uh, listeners Matt is uh, I, first of all I've known the kid since he was like 7 or 8 years old uh, family friend uh, I'm best friends with his older cousin but uh, Matt's a guy that I've been training for a couple of years and Matt and TJ played uh, a ball together at St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City uh, New Jersey um, Matt was a sophomore when was he sophomore when you were a senior? actually I think he was a freshman he was a freshman yeah. when you were a senior okay yeah. hey, regardless very very close um, they'll come in here and train when they're both home at the same time, and you know they, they text. Uh, you know every they're they're in touch very often throughout the week. So um, I guess you're that guy for him. And again, it's just it's like you know you'll have that guy for you, and you'll be that guy for someone else. So again, just stressing the importance of having somebody like that. Um, so you're, all right, you're into your junior year now. Yeah, having a pretty good year. Okay, power a big thing being a corner guy, focused on power numbers, obviously. Yeah, uh, we had. Boatload of talent again. We had after the junior season. Had you put this size on yet? We're going to talk about this. Yeah, this I, was, I packed on a, like twenty pounds over that. Okay, summer. so let's say you're going from what to what? What would you say? I was probably two ten to two around two thirty. Okay, yeah. so TJ makes his transformation. Now he's you know solidified himself as a corner guy. He wants to put some size on as a corner guy, corner outfit, the corner infielder, whatever you are. You got to put some power up. That's what they look for. For sure. You're looking to get you know go to the next level. Yeah. So that's something you got to project. Yeah, received um, a little bit of interest, not as much as my friends, but there was enough there to you know. So, so what was your what was your uh, program like? What was your training like? Uh, diet, everything like that. Like, did you just say, "Hey, I'm going to just eat as much as I can," or like there was like a yeah. planned out process to it? Pretty much, I, I think I went about it the wrong way. But our lifting <laughs> our lifting program, my junior year, was pretty good. We had a a new strength coach in that year who uh, played football in college, but no, we had a good program going on, and yeah, I pretty much just said, "I'm going to get as big as possible." I'm gonna eat as much as possible. So, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I had like I made sure like I wasn't eating too much junk, but at yeah. night I'd be having like a little pint of Ben and Jerry's and stuff <laughs> like that. So I was getting a little doughy. You're bulking up, bulking yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, bulking up. Uh, yeah, which looking back wasn't the best idea. But now, junior, we had a boatload of talent. We had a, three guys get drafted that year. That year could have had more possibly. But did you? Did you? And I'm only I'm asking this is. Uh, it's a nice segue later when we talk about our training together. Did you notice this gain, this weight gain? Did it contribute to you know the the, the strength and the power? Oh or, yeah, f- okay, for sure. And I think it, it actually helped my uh, my arm throughout a full okay. season, my arm health. Because just knock, having that extra, just, yeah, it was knock like a on, protection. Yeah, yeah, knock on wood. I haven't really had any arm issues yeah. throughout in like in the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, and then as I told you, junior year is when I had. A little power surge, you got up to five home runs yeah. mid- midway through the season, and then one practice ended up 
tear my ACL. Yeah, what was what, what happened there? What was what was that? Freak situation. So the kid Dave McKinnon was po- conference player of the year. Yeah, yeah. He, he was our first baseman. We're doing rundowns in practice, and he's the only first baseman. So this, this is your junior year. Junior year, yeah. And you're wow, halfway through the season. Where are we at? Half, halfway, halfway to three quarters through the season. So you had five home runs at this point. So you're okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So Dave. They want to give Dave a break at first, and they know I could play first. So first rep over there, me and my room, my roommate's the base runner for the drill, right? I get the ball at first. I'm going to tag him, you know, doing going through everything. I go tag him while he's like joking with me. I tag him. I take another step after the tag, and I like on our turf. There's old turf, and then there's new turf around the bases where there used to be dirt cutouts, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's where I landed, and my cleat just caught, and then knee popped. I went down. I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. But I got back to the training room five minutes later, and this is pretty typical, I guess, for an ACL tear. I felt fine. Yeah, you were walking. Yeah, I'm walking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, probably, like, pop, like, left some fluid in my knee, maybe. Yeah. Like, oh, this is fine. I go to get the MRI. The technician says, oh, yeah, you have no ACL, no PC, like, was it PCL? Yeah, yeah. MCL, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have no tear. It's just fluid and inflammation. I'm like, all right, we're set. So I have to go check back. How in. did they miss that? I don't know. Apparently, oh, he, did, but is this before the doctor looked at it? This is before the doctor. The technician technicians like aren't supposed yeah. to tell you, but I beg, you asked, I, I you beg begged. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, been I, there. I've done. I did that with an elbow injury. I was yeah. like, "What do you got for me? Give me something." I needed to know. So I'm supposed to go check in with the doctor. So I bring a friend with me who was on the baseball team. Now he was he's the top student in the business school at Hartford. He's my one of my better friends. He's a roommate. He comes with me to the doctor's visit. We're all set to get the good news. Doctor comes in and he goes, all right, so what's the plan? I don't know. It's your job. You tell me the plan. And he goes, well, looks like it's going to be six months. I'm like, six months for what? I was, oh, it's, a, it's a full tear. I'm like, full tear? Yeah. So I, at, from that point on, I was just zapped. Like, everything I worked for, I dreamed of that season, gone. Looking for like, a year down the road, all the rehab I was going to have to do. Like, I don't know if I was going to be anywhere near the player I yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friend actually tried to make me laugh. When we got back in the car, he goes, Bro, I felt like I was just in the booby mile scene from Friday Night Lights <laughs> when his uncle finds out that it's a tear. That it's a, that it's a yeah, tear. Yeah, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me. But, uh, no, I mean, again, another. If anybody doesn't know what that, what that reference is from, Friday Night Lights, uh, the star running back blows his knee out and, uh, quote unquote, all I know is football. <laughs> exactly. He thinks he's fine. Booby and, just knows football. Yeah. But, uh, no, and then, uh, you know, another thing, another. Way I had to handle adversity for another year. Yeah, I, mean, I had great, great PTs back home in Jersey City. Uh, Doctor Gorgiola was great, and then uh, my trainer at school, Megan Bosworth, did an unreal job pushing me and getting me stronger. Pretty yeah. much, I played every single game my senior year. Yeah, which I hadn't done the previous three years. So yeah, I was so, I was fortunate in that. Aspect. So senior year, you're healed up. You go through the ACE, the, the you know the rehab of the ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the year you guys end up winning. Conference championship, and we were projected to finish last. It was probably out of my okay. Mind. Okay, so you guys go from setting the wins record your sophomore year. Now your senior year comes around, and you're projected to finish last. Yes, we don't. I'll be what honest. Happened? You just lost a lot of guys. Lost a lot the- of guys. To the, we lost two kids to migrate to the draft. Our pitching the year prior was not anything to yeah rave about. But no, we had a real good freshman class my senior year. Our the pitcher of the year was a freshman from our. He was a rookie of the year and the pitcher of the year from Hartford. He was a freshman, so. We had a lot of young guys step up, which when I got hurt and we had a couple injuries, other injuries my junior year, those freshmen that year that were sophomores my senior year got a lot of playing time out which of it. Which helped, yeah. Which I feel was huge for that for my senior year and the success we had. Yeah. 
All right, so they win, they win the conference championship. Uh, who'd you guys end up beating, playing in the final final game? Uh, we beat Stony Brook in the championship. Stony Brook, okay. Yeah, another really good program. Um, shout out uh, John Lewis, uh, half owner of, of Gamers Baseball Academy, who I work with. Um, he was a pitching coach there. For, I want to say for a year, at least a year or two. Uh, I think he stepped away now. Uh, you know, spend more time with his family and, and the business he, he's building. But uh, shout out to him. Uh, they run a great program over there. Anyway. You guys take the conference championship, mm-hmm. um, so your college career is complete. So yep. They got a little banner up around, around the school. You're on the banner. Yeah, right? they put me on my old freshman dorm. There's a little poster. Riding high yeah. a little bit. Things are looking good. Um, at that point, you know, you just you just complete that year. The draft comes up. Yeah. Are you expecting anything? Are you thinking you're going to get picked up? You had a very good year that year. Yeah, I, I had a. I finished the year very. I started off slow. You know, going against Oregon State for four games. That isn't ideal for your first yeah. five game back, but. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I had an average to decent year. I uh, showed I could definitely play. Yeah. Uh, flash. You had a very good tournament, too, I want to say, right? Yeah, good comp- real good conference tournament. And I, you know, I showed I could play in the NCAA regionals for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, draft comes around. To be honest, I wasn't expecting much. I was hoping Had you for- talked to anybody? Um, there was slight interest with some teams. I had an advisor slash agent, I guess you could say, helping me, trying to get me some interest or at least some workouts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just hoping for a I was praying for a phone call. Didn't get it. You know, pick, maybe get signed, you know, after the draft. Senior signed, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, didn't work out. Um, my advisor helps me a little bit. I ended up getting, like, a, post, a workout in front of a Red Scout. The Reds are a pretty popular team with the and Jersey area kids. Yeah, they took two guys from Aramco, actually, the school where I'm at. Yeah. They drafted a kid, and they signed a senior. So, I'm hoping something there. But the funny story throughout, it's not funny, but it's – kind of helps me to get where I'm at now is my roommate in college we were seniors together last year he had second team All-American Conference Player of the Year and there's a running joke the year you get Conference Player of the Year in the America East you don't get drafted it hasn't happened in the X amount of years so you know he's obviously expecting a call he's got a ton of interest he doesn't get a call he doesn't even get a senior sign so now a week before I had this Reds workout he signs to the USPBL in Michigan independent yeah it's like it's fourth, fifth year in development. He signs out there, and, you know, I go to this workout, and the guy likes me. I'm hoping they, like, they have a spot for me because, again, all this is right time, right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I send out emails every day to all these independent ball teams, GMs, and, you know, you're lucky if you even get it, like, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're bouncing to like the Atlantic League a little bit. I'm assuming, right? You're yeah, I'm, to... I'm emailing every league possible. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you pay, shout out North Bears. Yeah, folded, RIP. Yeah, if you pay to play, or if you just want to, I was playing in a men's league at this time. This is where the okay. Reds guys saw me. I'm playing in the Morris Majors, driving an uh, hour away. Jerry DiFilippo, former Morris Majors alum, um, had a very good 10 game stint 2014. <laughs> a couple assists from right field, a couple of hits. Just want to put that out oh, there. Oh yeah, no, it's. A, Good, good men's league for sure. Just for anyone who doesn't know, that's a, that's a men's league in the uh, North Jersey area. Uh, it's very competitive. Um, yeah, a lot of college kids playing. A lot of college kids playing it, and then if they're, you're not a college kid, you're like a mid twenties guy that still takes baseball very seriously. Wants to play, it gets legit. You're facing, you know, eighty something, eighty plus mile an hour pitching. Like it's good. Yeah. So go ahead, you're playing in there. I was fortunate enough to get uh, Morristown Nat- Naturals or Nat- yeah, Naturals gave me a spot. And that coach is friends with Lee Saris, the Red Scout, so he set that whole thing up. But, no, I'm playing there. You know, I'm just trying to get live at-bats, wait for an email. And, finally, I get back in my car. This is the same day after the Reds workout. So my friend texted me, and 
His so head, time frame now, what is this, like July of... This is mid, mid-July, mid smack in the middle of July. So this is July, we're 2019 now, what was this? July, July 2018. 2018. Last okay. year, smack in the middle of July, I get back in the car after a game, and it's like, hey, like, when, when's, when's the earliest you can get out here? It's the coach from my friend's team, I said... I could be out there in two days. Let me pack the bag and let me hit the. Yeah. Ba- let me pack the bag and get on I eighty West. I'll be right. I'll be right there. Yeah. So, go home. Tell my parents. Uh, obviously, the Reds don't have an opening uh, right away. So I'm going to play baseball. So I go right out there, right out to Michigan. I'm living in my friend. They put them up in a park. You drive out there. I drive right out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm staying on my friend's couch for the first two nights, living out of my car. And then I get I get there for the first day, sign my contract, whatever. I'm not I'm not in no sh- I'm not in any shape to play. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm stretching on the outfield. Coach comes up to me, nice guy, great guy actually. Uh, he goes, Yeah, you're starting today. I'm like, <laughs> starting. I'm like, so I readjust my whole mindset. Uh, we're facing one of the team with the best pitching rotation in the league. First at bat, obviously nervous. I'm expecting like 95 down the chute, two breaking balls, hammers. I had to get the scouting report on me already. I haven't even played a game yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, end up, I started that season off 0 for 12. Real, right off the bat, I'm, I'm getting ready to get released, drive back to Jersey. And then, like I said, you just got to learn how to handle failure. It's show up. Pro Bowl really taught me it's a day-to-day thing. Yeah. Once the day's over, it's over. Like, yeah. You're on to the next one. You're not, you can't be, like, sitting there looking at your numbers and yeah. seeing where you're at. You got to just You, you just got to show, show up. Yeah. Show up. New, each, even every at-bat's different. Long story short, I ended up hitting 320 out there. Have yeah, he, had a, he had a very good year. His metrics, like we, and the reason I know this is I've been I've been trying to pass some of this stuff around to some of the guys that I know. Um, his metrics, like his, his exit velo, his launch angle, his um, which is very cool for an independent league to do. They track all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, shout out shout out to those guys, the USPBL. They they do a really good job. Um, I had a lot of stuff to put together that I could send out for TJ. So um, you know, shout out to that league. If, if there's a listener on here, I do have some. Um, minor league or like you know aspiring college you know pro hopefuls like check it out try to get in there it, it, they're doing a good job I think we had um, who's the lefty uh, that got picked up from Pitching Ninja Chris uh, no the lefty Avila no what was his name Oh, the guy from the USPBL? Was that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the righty Dula. Dula, Dula, Dula. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, at least one person, one pitcher who's been picked up, and that was off the pitching ninja. They had, like, five last season. It's yeah. a big, big-time league for pitchers because it's a wacky schedule. But, yeah. no, very good developmental league for younger guys, for sure. So, yeah, so he has this really great finish to his first uh, independent season. Um, and now, like, give us a little insight. You, you get back home, right? Yeah. And you're still, you know, you're still trying to make all this stuff work. Now you got to train, you got to hit, you got to do whatever for the off season. Uh, you're juggling jobs to, to pay the bills. So, yeah. uh, off the top of my head, I know TJ substitute teaches yes. uh, or has. Uh, you you had been the last few months. Uh, I don't know if you still are currently. I don't think you are. No, I've um, banged it. TJ was delivering pizza, right? Yeah. yeah. Three, four, at least four times a week. Yeah, great, great money. Uh, great money, and if the people don't answer their delivery, he gets to eat the food. So, yeah, uh, I th- you can't, beat, you can't beat that. Um, <laughs> so TJ connects with me. So funny story. TJ's uncle, uh, the, the infamous Ed Ward, uh, North Jersey legend, was my high school coach for half a season. Um, we'll we'll leave out the details of why it was only half a season. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really, really passionate baseball mind. You know, he loves the game. Um, you know, so I, I have, I had known of TJ for a while. Uh, he obviously played 
high school ball with Matt. Matt was one of my first guys I had when I started up. So TJ hears of me, I guess, through the grapevine, uh, through that, um, reaches out to me, you know, while he's juggling these jobs. I want to say this was, uh, when did we start? December? I think November. November, November. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I want to start up. All right, so we, we put something together. I tried to make it, like, you know, as cost, um, you know, friendly as possible. Like, I really, I wanted to get him in here. I heard, of, you know, a lot of great things from Matt, um, you know, about him and, and any kind of time you could, you know, possi- possibly have an impact uh, helping a guy, you know, get to where he wants. It's like a great story. It's something I wanted to definitely be a part of. So TJ comes here. Um, you know, we're making his schedule. He's like, I got a substitute teach here. I got pizza delivery here. He's all, you're, you're bouncing, juggling. Yeah, the so schedule many I things. gave you is whacked out. So this guy, just, just you know, people want to get the, you know, the inside scoop on what people are going through to get to the independent, you know, scene and get signed and, and all this stuff. You have to, it's not glamorous. This guy's coming to me to train three days a week. He's substitute teaching. He's, you know, delivering pizza. He's all over the place, Friday right? Night, yeah, Friday nights I'm delivering. All day Sunday I'm delivering, substituting three days a week here. Bouncing three days a week, three days a week training with me. He's hitting. So just just some insight on that. You know, you do whatever you can, you know, to kind of pay the bills. TJ, you know, comes from a real blue-collar family. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have the luxury of, you know, um, having all this taken care of for him while he's trying to go for it. So he's got to finance the entire thing. He's got to do it on his own. Um, I'm sure, I'm, obviously, I'm sure your parents would love to help you if they could. Yeah. Um, you know, they help, done, you. they help you, you know. They've done a lot. Yeah, they've they done a lot. Do a lot. And, still and do a lot. They're, they're there for you. And, like, that's yeah. above all else more important than money. Like, What's you know, more important is I think that they're supportive of this. Yes, thing, of, for sure. of course. Uh, but but the reason being that I'm saying that is you have to, you have to understand, like, he has nowhere to turn. Like, he's got to do this on his own. He's got to work. He's got to make his money. He's got to do everything, um, you know, financially in that regard, most of it on his own at least. So um, <laughs> he's struggling these jobs. He's coming to me to train. Um, so I guess kind of segue into that, like what we have what we did with our training since I've, uh, I've had you. Um, you know, anything in particular, I guess, uh, I want to say we, we've done some good stuff since you've been here the last few months. Oh, for sure. um, First and foremost, I think you're what you're, and this is on your own accord, kind of watching, you know, what you've been eating and doing some of that on your own. But uh, I want to say you're what down 15 pounds now. Yeah, down 15 pounds. You, you leaned out a little bit. Um, bulked up originally, heavy. Yeah, big, big time heavy. Then yeah, over time. So we, we we've made him. I, I like to say this. We've made you like your best 225 pound version of yourself possible. Oh yeah, I feel real efficient. I'm, I'm moving well, and yeah, well. Our training is actually kind of funny. You only had me for a little bit before I went out. Yeah, to, to I had California you for like two Winter months League. before you left. Two months before the California Winter League where, again, I had a couple stolen bases, actually. <laughs> I, get a, I get a text to go week into the league. He's like, alert, alert, stolen base. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, you got like a broken knee that just got re- like, you know, fixed a year ago. You're, you come in day one, you're running like a deer with like, you know, no hind legs. I'm yeah. like looking at you. We, you, you really like – Couple couple weeks in, like your your sprints looked a lot better, and oh yeah, um, my, yeah I feel a lot more, way more efficient. In the way just 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 some insight on what we've been doing, um, you know, mixing in a little bit of the heavy stuff, landmine presses, deadlifts, but uh, a lot of emphasis on the plyometrics, the bar speed work. Um, you know, first stride, we really you know cleaned up his first stride with his sprints, and not only is it helping. Obviously, we made the joke about the stolen base, but he's mentioned how much his first step has improved in the uh, you know defensively. Um, so, so any listeners out there, and I actually just had a thread on this with him the other day, uh, with the sled drill we were doing for his first step, and I ended up having um, you know the, the uh, Indians minor league uh, infield coach jumped in on it, talking about like what they're looking to do on their reads in the infield. Um, 
you know, that first step power and, and like what you can do in your sprints and all that kind of stuff really translates uh, defensively and has helped TJ a lot for sure. So, um, you know, definitely don't, under, don't underestimate that. So, okay, so we, we're doing all this training. Things are going well. You go out to the California Winter League. Yep. Um, what was that experience like? You're out there for a month. Yeah, out there for a month. Uh, for I'm in a hotel room with four guys, and there's two beds. So two of us are in the cots in the living room part. <laughs> I had that for the first two weeks, and then I got to bed the last two weeks. But, no, you're playing pretty much every day. You're in Palm, Palm Springs, California, where camp – I mean, it was the coldest weather winter for them, but coming from New Jersey, I was in a T-shirt every day still. Yeah. Uh, you know, good experience just in terms of seeing how many baseball players there truly are across the country trying to make it and how fortunate you are that you – I already had a, I already have a contract for Michigan. I'm out there trying to get something better. If not, maybe strike an affiliate scout's interest. Yeah. So I'm doing that. You, got, uh, you end up turning like 20 plus players into uh, disciples of mine, so to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. He's we, doing this program. I'm, so I'm giving him programming while he's away. He gets he sends me a text one day. He's like, hey, like I got 10 dudes following me around the gym, just doing exactly doing the same thing, doing the same thing I'm doing. Uh, the same rep scheme, same like. I get a text. These, these guys hate Blackburns. Yeah, back I'm, like, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm loving every minute of it because it's just like it's an awesome thing. To, it's, it's awesome on, from my part just to hear that guys are doing like liking what I yeah. put together for you. Yeah, we show um, up to the gym like <laughs> are Blackburns on the on the program today. I'm like, yeah, but you could do something else if you really want to go. Uh, that was yeah, that's awesome. So he's he's training still. I think I'm giving you four days a week at this point. Yeah, you're training four days a week. You're playing. Um, you know, just really getting after it out there. You end up having a really good month. Um, so now you're back home. Mm-hmm. And this is at the point where, in California, I lost the 15 pounds. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's sending me texts. Like, we're talking pretty, pretty, uh, you know, consistently. Uh, you know, hey, you know, down 10 pounds, down 15 pounds, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you're really uh, – and that's helped a lot. It really did. Um, you know, he – you know, we just did sprints the other day. He looks, he looks really good. Um, it actually helped me – the last two weeks, I was strictly playing second base up yeah, the middle. Yeah, crazy. And um, my indie ball coach out of Michigan got wind of it. It looks like I'll be playing up the middle there a little yeah, bit, Yeah, we, we had a good laugh about that because if you would have told us that like three months ago, we would have, we would have really laughed at you. Yeah. Um, so, so he's back now. Um, we have been we're, – we're going at it now for what? Like probably three weeks. Yeah. We've been training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have him until the end of April until he goes out to, uh, to play in the USGBL again. Um, but now he is, in addition to training, he's – the hitting coach at Ramapo uh, College in uh, Ramapo, New Jersey. Um, what's that like? Um, I guess my first question for you would be, you know, what's it like balancing uh, a coaching gig while also still trying to, to pursue your own uh, career training? You know, he's, you know, training on the field sometimes before games, uh, and then he's going to coach, or he's hitting, and then he's going to coach. Uh, what's that like? Uh, it's it's definitely fun, you know. Um I can't thank Marion Poe enough for giving me the opportunity to coach, first of all, which is what I want to do when I'm done playing. I want to be a college coach. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to convince him to also train kids, too, because I want to teach him some stuff. But yeah. we'll see where that goes. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, no, nah, I mean, usually I go right from here, and then the Marion Poe's about less than a half-hour drive from here. Mm-hmm. You know, train here in the morning, stop getting my lunch on the way to Marion Poe, get there early, go over whatever meetings we have, and I try to sneak in the cage right before practice or a game starts get my throwing in with our head coach who still plays in the Frontier League. <laughs> so me and him throw. You, this is this is probably the youngest coaching staff in the college. It has to be. It has to be by far. Your, your head coach is my age. He's like 24. Yeah, 23. You're 20, just turned 23. Just turned 23. So and our other two pitching coaches are both 
just turned 26. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, what's it like for you guys, especially you, connecting with guys that are not much younger than you? Um, it actually... Is, you have a couple I, older ones, right? A couple guys that are older than you. Oh, on the team, yeah. One graduated high school in my class. Yeah. From Bayonne. But, so, uh, now yeah. you're, you're, you're in charge of these guys. So to speak, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. R- loose, loosely, but yeah. yes. Um, no, I, th- I think I've been more of, like, a mentor to yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you know... I can attest to that too. Having some older, being not being much older than my initial athletes yeah. as a strength coach, it's it's a good if it's done the right way, it could be a really good thing. Yeah, I'm pretty much just laying out everything I've learned. I've been fortunate enough uh, to learn during my past couple of years I've been playing, such as like defensive work. You know, I had two great infield coaches at Hartford. The one's dad was the head infield coordinator for the uh, the Cardinals, uh, Tim DeJohn, his dad. So I'm giving like first day in practice. You know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna shock these guys with all this stuff, and they're like pretty much like confused. I'm telling them the field ground balls with like the thumb facing up, not palm facing up. And they're like, what's going on? But uh, no, for the most. You have to show me that one. Right yeah, there, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting here. You can't see me, but I'm sitting here yeah. at the desk, literally twisting my hand around trying to figure that out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for the most part, even in, in terms of hitting approach, which is something I struggled with as a college kid. You know, I was stubborn. You know, I was only looking for the fastball. Meanwhile, I'm hitting the five hole, and you really think I'm going to get a fastball? <laughs> yeah. And think again. So you're 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 relaying all this to these guys yeah. now. Yeah, this you know. new approach. We have this old new school versus old school. Yeah. Uh, this this battle, and I guess nothing more new school than a 23 year old taking the reins of it. The hitting at a college. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to help out, help them out in BP, help them out like have an approach, having a have a plan. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, the kids are good enough on their own to do it like what they want. But I've pretty much tried to get them to buy into, you know, being like being on time for the fastball always. Yeah. But a big thing that we talked about at Hartford was seeing like all the breaking stuff, like see see that up because early in the count they're usually get me overs that you can still. Yeah. I feel my guys are talented enough to still drive and find gaps with. So you you have, so your uncle when I had him in, in high school he had like a very very old school like. You never ever like he'd probably take me out of a game if I swung in a Novo curveball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it could be an absolute cock shot. I put explicit on these things, so I'm gonna fucking curse a little yeah. bit, give him money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> you could get like the most absolute cement mixer spinner of a slider and tee it up, just crank it. And he would get pissed at you. Yeah, and that's fine. That's yeah. old school, right? They come from yeah. a different era. That was just what the thought process was I like the fact that you're a little more free yeah. guys expect you're going to get some get me over curveballs be ready to hit them yeah exactly uh, we keep a hitter's chart you know we track tendencies heck I'll say we even try to steal signs you know? yeah of course. Yeah, yeah we steal signs gamesmanship man yeah for sure yeah, the team's too lazy to you know yeah. change it up a little bit you take so advantage if we know what's coming and my guys are I'm telling you they're talented enough to yeah. you know, hit multiple pitches just for anyone's not aware Ramapai is a very very good program over the last at least 15 years as far as I'm concerned. They went to the College World Series, I think, 2015 or 2016. They've had a few guys get drafted. Like, this is a very good D3 program. Yeah, so I'm I'm all for being aggressive early in the count. You know, they call it, like, taking daddy hacks early in the count. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't get cheated. You know, get the barrel Absolutely. out. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the kids have had, I mean, they've listened. They've bought into what I've been trying to, you know, teach them. So it's it's been fun. You got and, then I get, and then I get into it, and, they, you know, they want to, like, oh, Let's see how your swing is. And like, oh, yeah, you can still play. I'm like, yeah, I do yeah, still play. Yeah, I do still play. I do still play. But you can still play. I, I do. I'm I, leaving in like a few weeks. Yeah, I do still. Yeah. Um, so so we talked a little bit about this last week. TJ 
um, you know, was given the reins of, of putting the lineup together and to what he was so excited one day he comes in train last week. He's like, I'm putting the analytics lineup together today. Um, what you know? How have you been using data and, and metrics, not only for your career, but um, and we talked about how the, the USPBL is tracking all of this stuff, which is great for feedback yeah. for you. But um, how have you been utilizing data and analytics with setting lineups and trying to be an effective coach? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I was given all the reins, but you know, I made a suggestion like, hey, like our yeah, our lineup is deep, but we weren't at the time getting enough like run production. Yeah, like we were getting hits, just not stringing enough together. So I suggested like hey there's a way sabermetrically we could plug guys in yeah and so we talked about it like we would put a couple lineups together in the office based on like what i i put the numbers like i looked at the numbers put them together and i got all this from hartford we had a mathematics professor that i worked with and i majored in math so i have kind of a background in this uh he pretty much helped set our lineup together using full-on data and like the, the sabermetrics you see on every cool. network yeah he, he helped put our lineup together he put up different hot zones and all that. And he actually has a job with the Red Sox now. That's how good he was at Okay. It. That's so awesome. So I'm using Can we this. throw a name out there? Or what do we? Oh, yeah. Uh, Professor Miller. Dave Miller. Okay. Uh, yeah, great Just because, I mean, if he's in the pro ranks, I'm sure people oh, already yeah, know yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's with the Red Sox now, and uh, great at his job for I'll sure. I'll try to find him on Twitter. If he's there, I'll, I'll tag him. Yeah, and I got um, I got all my information pretty much from him. You know, I looked up a couple articles on, like, what you would look for in, like, building a lineup. And I'll tell you right now, right now in our five-hole, we have our fastest guy there. He's our biggest. He's a, and your reason for that? What would just well educate me and the yeah, listeners? Yeah, so we have I'm, our top on base percentage guy in the leadoff hole, obviously, okay. right? Then we have our most valued hitter in terms of average in the two hole. Okay, and you and, want that because if the guy's <coughs> hitting on base the most in front of him, yeah. you want someone if he gets if he gets on first, yeah. he could maybe get to second or whatever it is. Exactly. Now yeah. you got a guy. Even if he just gets the first, this yeah. guy hits a double. Now you're you're cooking. You kind of see this with like Aaron Judge in yes. the tool. Granted, this kid is an Aaron Judge, but he gets hit, yes. finds barrels. Yeah. So, Aaron Judge, 45% of the time, is getting on base. Yeah. Like, then, whether it's a hit or whether it's a walk or hit by pitch exactly. or whatever it is. Exactly. Just a well-put-together hit. Yeah. In our three-hole, the last four games, we've put up – we've averaged like 13 hits and we've put up over 50 runs. We've been fluctuating our three-hitter based on matchups and, like, rotations and getting guys in. So our three-hitter isn't as much of a staple as, like, your traditional yeah, three-hitter. Certified, yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Which is interesting. The, the purists of baseball would say, like, oh, that's usually, like, your best guy. But, like, statistically, they come up in less RBI chances than the four or five guys, or even the two-hitter. So, like, that three-hitter is more of, like, a guy that you could, hey, maybe he, gets, he runs into And it's one. interesting. You see the Yankees, that's probably their most changed spot in the lineup every, yeah. every game. Yeah, you see, like, stand in there. You, you see, see Gardner and Judge always, but then it's like... Exactly. Yeah. So they have our three-hitters fluctuate so does our four based on who's catching we, mm-hmm. all three of our catchers we try to get them in the lineup as much as possible yeah. so we balance that but then our five hitter he come, always comes up with bait, like guys in scoring position uh, this kid he's a you, freshman so you want him to be your fastest guy no not necessarily he, oh, he, he, he just happens he to just be. happens to be a, yeah yeah. so he's our five hitter he always comes up with guys on you know he's been he's been on a tear lately in terms of just knocking guys in getting on base and it's it just so happens for our lineup where he's our five hitter, but our six, seven, eight hitter could also be our two, three, four hitter. So he's basically a second lot, a second leadoff gotcha. early, early in the lineup. It's not like your second leadoff since nine eight or nine, yeah, yeah. So it's like you have back to back guys nine one who are the same type, yeah, of yeah. So he's been in our five hole, and you're basically building two different one through fours in your lineup. Exactly, and that's, that's really cool. The way we've been, and it's paid dividends so far. Yeah. We've been. Scoring double-digit runs a game in the last the last week or so, 
And yeah, I mean, guys have like buying like our eight, seven, eight hitters yesterday. They were our three, four hitters. Uh, yeah, in the, to start the season, and they got that number five hitters like your table. It's interesting. Yeah. I never thought of doing it that yeah. way. And they, Everyone always looks like, oh, put your you know big cleaning up you know five guy that all the RBIs, but like. If that's already getting pretty much done in the one through four spot, reset it. Yeah, and it depends how he gets those RBIs too. Like, you know, obviously, like your two, three, four usually get on base for you. But and this kid is a good contact guy. You know, he just keeps the he passes it on to the six hitter, who's a big gap to gap guy, and it yeah. just keeps going. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, so I guess I guess at this point we've kind of talked about everything that I wanted to go over. Um, Anything that you want to, you know, add, say anything? Uh, I mean, in terms of, like, this training here, I mean, obviously, like, you go to your – you lift as a college program. Where I was at Hartford, we had a small weight room, you know. We had 30-some-odd guys in the team trying to fit 30-plus guys in a weight room at once. It's tough. I trained some bigger teams. It's hard to do. Yeah, it's not always conducive, but, I mean, it did the job. Like, obviously, I got, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. obviously, I got better from it, but it's not as individualized – or, like, as specific as you could get with a personal trainer, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, my time here has been, like, really beneficial. It's been great. Yeah. It's, and it's uh, been a great environment to train in, too. Yeah, it's been it's been great having you. We got more to do. And, and obviously, like I said, I have TJ to the end of the month. And then uh, he's still he's going with online, Jerry, for uh, while he's out there. Oh, so, yeah. Um, oh, I'll try to get more we'll clients have, out Maybe there. we'll have, like, a, I told him to take some business cards. We'll have, like, a... You know, large contingent of Michigan uh, athletes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, doing some Blackburns. Yeah. So, TJ, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, It was really great. I'm happy we got, you know, to talk about a lot of really good stuff. I'm uh, excited to get this out later today. Uh, you know, and, and thanks for thanks for coming on. So, uh, thank, every, thank you guys for listening. I hope, really hope you enjoy this, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Muscles and Manager podcast brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jerry DiFilippo, helping you build your body and your business.